Hello and welcome to the Moving Curve. I'm Rukmini, a data journalist based in Chennai. Every night on this mini cast, I consider one question around the novel coronavirus epidemic in India. Tonight I'm considering this question. How do we balance legitimate concerns about other diseases in the face of an epidemic? It's day 82 of the novel coronavirus epidemic in India and we are reporting 18,985 cases with 603 deaths. One of the issues that I have grappled with from the moment I began reading about the pandemic is this. Given that a lot of people particularly in India die of so many other diseases every day, is this focus on COVID-19 justified? In the early days of the pandemic in the US the comparison was with the seasonal flu which affects between 40 and 50 million people annually there and kills 60 to 80000 people there every year. In India the comparison has often been with tuberculosis or TB which kills over 1000 Indians every day. Of course these are not either ors and framing it like that is misleading or even damaging. Mint's data editor Pramit Bhattacharya sent me these lines today from a letter written by Soham D Bhaduri, a Mumbai-based doctor and editor of the medical journal The Indian Practitioner, to the editor of The India Forum. I've linked to his whole letter, but I found these lines very useful. A common slip-up has been to point at the high number of deaths due to certain other diseases. malnutrition or other respiratory infections lead to mortality and morbidity considerably exceeding that due to covid-19 today this has been used to argue that our response is an overreaction they cannot be a bigger fallacy than these claims what they fail to appreciate is that in epidemics or public health emergencies comparing the number of epidemic related deaths with those due to other causes is an absurd and futile exercise precisely because of the distinguishing traits of an epidemic the very essence of epidemic response is to halt the numbers from reaching disastrous levels not to defer action till the numbers start to match those of widely prevalent endemic diseases it is the endemicity of these other diseases that keeps them from becoming hyper acute challenges for the health system and direct threats to health personnel themselves as covid-19 has become There is no denying that such endemic conditions pose significant public health challenges and entail massive economic losses towards which our response has been sluggish and inadequate. But comparisons of this kind downplay and warp the very notion of an epidemic. End quote. Valuable words and with that context and perspective in mind, I spoke to Dr. Madhukar Pai, who is director of global health at McGill University in Montreal. and director of the McGill International Tuberculosis Center he too says that it isn't an either or but all of our health services cannot just stop right now private health services have largely stalled and particularly in the case of tb he says people are scared to see someone with a cough there is a very real fear of a rise in cases and in drug resistant tb particularly which has higher fatality rates no so i think the question is um can some parts of the governmental arms still continue to focus even if it's at a lower capacity uh, to not take their eye off the ball on really critical issues for example uh, immunization uh, stopping immunization for weeks on end could be disastrous because young babies might get measles and measles is a huge killer of young children 
not COVID, right? So there are things that we can and should be doing, and we cannot 100% abandon all routine services. Like uh, deliveries are not going to wait for COVID lockdown to get over, right? Moms need care. Uh, babies with the pneumonia need care. And TB is one of those conditions where you simply cannot leave someone with active TB or drug-resistant TB and not you know, check in on them for eight weeks uh, or something like that. So at a minimum, I would like some uh, remote consultation started. What I don't want is to for us to somehow wait until all the dust settles and then discover that we've already lost thousands of patients to TB. TB is also closely linked to the socio-economic devastation that India is currently undergoing. There is justifiably a lot of uh, anxiety about all the migrants and the daily wage earners because they are at risk of hunger and starvation. Turns out that uh, TB preferentially affects that community. The, the, if you look at the income distribution of uh, people with TB in India, it's the lowest quintile that is most disproportionately affected by TB. And if they are migrants with TB and they're trying to reach back home or come back to the cities or um, they're simply not getting any food, I can imagine that is the group that will least access healthcare at this time because they have more proximate concerns of just trying to live uh, or get back to their homes. And we have no idea what this uh, reverse migration of people to the communities uh, might do. So um, that is the most vulnerable group. And even getting them food um, and nutrition at this point could be a very important life-saving intervention, not just by by itself, but also for if they have TB. Um, that would be disastrous to not worry about it. Malnutrition is the number one risk factor for tuberculosis in India. There's also a lot more research that needs to happen. For one, I have been wondering if we need research from low-income countries like India about other comorbidities like TB and malnutrition, both of which seem like they would make it harder to survive COVID-19. And I asked Dr. Pai about it. TB does cause lung damage, although we don't have a lot of published data yet on whether that lung damage will make someone either more susceptible to getting infected with COVID-19 or if they do get COVID-19, are they more likely to die of COVID-19 because the lung is already damaged uh, because of TB? There's just not enough known about it yet. So, more research on low-income countries' comorbidities, more attention to hunger, and more support to health departments to continue with routine health services for serious diseases. It isn't an either-or when you're faced with a highly infectious and lethal viral pandemic. But let's not imagine that nearly closing down health services right now isn't going to have a serious impact in the months to come. Thank you for listening. This episode was edited by Anand Krishnamurti. Tomorrow, a new question.